Hi there. Welcome to Mission Audition. I'm Stephanie Cicerelli, co-founder of Voices.com, and I'm joined by Juliana Lance. Hi, everyone. We are so excited for this, this brand new podcast that you're listening to. It's called Mission Audition, and that's exactly what it is intended to do. We are going to send you out, and you are going to do awesome auditions because the tips on this show are going to educate, equip, and empower you. Can I say that our mission is to help you audition better? Because <laughs> it is, can, yeah. <laughs> you can say that. And absolutely. So uh, what our hope is for this is that we will have an archive eventually of all of these different areas of voiceover, these applications that you can do to help you learn how to do a really great radio commercial read, how to how to be the voice of a phone system, you know, be a talking toy, any number of, of wonderful skills that you can put in your voiceover tool belt. Yeah, guys, we realize that auditioning is hard and you're alone in your booth and you don't know if you're doing a great job or if you're doing a poor job. So we hope that by hearing talent and by learning from their mistakes that we can help you to correct any issues and book some jobs. So you might be wondering who's auditioning on this Mission Audition show. Well, these are actual voice talent. These are your peers. These are people who are subscribing to Voices.com and, and they're choosing to put themselves out there. So like, you know, give a little love, a little, a little grace, a little patience and a little enthusiasm uh, for all of them. But you know what? You could be one of these people. So um, one of our goals is to really invigorate our talent base and, and show you that there is so much that you can do with just a little extra of this or or changing a little bit of that. So today, Julianne and I, we have a special guest. Can't wait to introduce her to you. Her name is Rachel Elena. She's out of Boulder, Colorado, and she's a voiceover artist who has done so much e-learning work. This is going to be a real treat for all of you who are trying to learn this style. Not only has she worked for companies like Procter & Gamble, Old Navy, Gap, Alliance Residential, she's also done internal training for recruiters at Microsoft, in videos, and PetSmart all across the country, and audiobooks. But, but the Microsoft bit, that is awesome because it's just one example of how you can get long-term contract work as an e-learning narrator. And that's exactly what we hope to teach you how to do today. So Rachel, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. I appreciate it. So why don't we just get right into that job posting and see what it is that we're looking for. So, ooh, this is going to be fun. We have a U.S. general American accent. So that's what we'll be listening for. This is the role of the instructor. Very, very interesting. I believe this is open to both male and female voices. That's right, Julia. Mm -hmm, yeah. Okay. It. Awesome. And we're looking for middle-aged voice. And this category is is the uh, podcasting e-learning type material. On Voices.com, business, internet, and education make up 60% of the work that we see. So e-learning is a huge chunk of, of the projects that you're going to see when you're a premium member. Uh, can you give us some examples of what those projects would be like, Stephanie? Sure. So e-learning could be anything from, you know, a module-based learning. So maybe there are 12, 15, 20, who knows how many modules that you might have to go through when you are in training for something. And and uh, like this is HR departments love this. You know, curriculum designers, they love e-learning. Uh, there's a, a huge area that you could be reading for. So it could be internal to a company. Uh, you could be actually voicing uh, e-learning for customers of a company. So maybe they're, they're training you on how to use their product. Uh, or it could actually be, you know, a patient-doctor relationship where you're learning about what you need to do for your treatment or or a plan that you might be on. Uh, but, you know, e-learning is, is awesome because it can accompany a video or it could accompany animation. Your voice is there to guide. You're really that friend, that trusted person. Uh, you know, you're setting the tone and helping that individual, whoever's listening, uh, to better understand something vital 
something that they need to know to pass a course, something that they need to know to live another day, perhaps. You don't know. So when you are in that chair, you have to be thinking about how do I communicate that message in a meaningful way over this marathon? Because it could literally be hours of e-learning material that you're recording. Uh, Julianne, I know that you are really, really excited about this project in particular, and there's a kind of voice style that we're looking for. Would you mind going into that? Yeah, so we're looking for someone who's conversational and energetic. Uh, we're trying to talk to new hires, so think of someone who's straight out of school. We want to keep their attention. Uh, we want someone who's engaging and informative and someone who will liven up some dry material, which means no robot voice, no monotone voice. We're really looking forward to hearing what Rachel has to say, because this is an area of expertise for her. So without any further ado, uh, let's roll that first audition. Up to now, you've learned how to identify workplace hazards and how to report them to your supervisor. In this module, we'll discuss the hierarchy of control measures that can be used to eliminate hazards from the work process altogether. Ooh, so Rachel, what do you think? Well, first of all, she has a beautiful voice. Mm -hmm. I love uh, the range that it's in. The range is perfect for uh, new hires, you know, straight out of school, that description. And it's also a nice range um, to be a peer, which I really appreciate. Um, and she does have a little bit of an element of authority that I think is wonderful. Now, she could do this the way that she's doing it, but there's a little bit of choppiness in that last sentence. The sentence of in this module, the one that goes at the end there, a lot of her words end on the same pitches. For example, module measures, hazards, process. And there are some stops, some very brief, almost um, unnoticeable stops. But when she reads it, it's almost like, in this module, we'll discuss the hierarchy of control measures that can be used to eliminate hazards from the work process altogether. That was a little more extreme, but I don't know if you heard oh, the dip down yep, and the choppiness. Yep. And that can be uh, smoothed out by varying the pitch at the end of those sentence, I'm sorry, at the end of those words, and smoothing it so there's not those breaks in between. A little bit more like, in this module, we'll discuss the hierarchy of control measures that can be used to eliminate hazards from the work process altogether. Huh. So it's a more smooth read. Um, and the second thing is, is I would love it um, if she could develop more of a relationship. I think that is the number one take home message for anybody that's uh, listening to this podcast. The relationship between the narrator and the listener, as far as e-learnings go, is just as important as it would be in commercial reading. In fact, it, some can say that it could be more important because, for example, with Microsoft, the people that are listening to those trainings, those are people that are interested in that topic. Therefore, I want to know more from what I hear about the relationship between this narrator and the person. Is she a peer who's maybe two years older, who's in a, a slightly elevated position, or is she an equal? I want to know that from the way she's speaking. Interesting. I don't know if anyone's ever thought of themselves as a mentor, you know, mm -hmm. or someone who is just a little bit ahead of another person and not just the expert in general. So that's really great. It changes yeah. the dynamic. Yeah, Absolutely. very much so. I really liked the tip about just varying the pitch on the end and having different pauses. And I would have never been able to say that. But now that I'm listening back, I absolutely hear that. And it's such an easy change. It's just something you have to think about. Right. It yeah, is a beautiful awesome. read. Absolutely yeah, right? oh, beautiful read. It's just voice. those small tweaks can make yeah. a, a bit of big difference. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. that's the difference between being good and booking the job. 
True. And also the difference between booking the job and having long term contracts. Mm, That's mm -hmm. the and that for me as a voice talent is always my goal. You know, long term relationships, because that's what you have. You can build a business that way. Yep. Yeah. And we were just talking about that before the show that those long term relationships, although, you know, maybe some people might say the e-learning isn't as exciting as commercial work. But when you can count on it to pay your bills, all that is exciting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and you're working from your own studio. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, I wake up some mornings and I have no work and I wake up other mornings and I'm like, whoa, there's a lot in my inbox today. So it just depends. But it's exciting. It's always like, OK, what's next? Next, mm -hmm. you know so absolutely cool. wonderful yeah. well thank you for all of that a lot of learnings there hope you were listening so let's listen to our second audition up to now you learned how to identify workplace hazards and how to report them to your supervisor in this module we'll discuss the hierarchy of control measures that can be used to eliminate hazards from the workplace altogether before the podcast, I sat down with one of our audio engineers and I got his take on this read. And so I'll give you the feedback that he gave me. Um, there are three things that we can talk about here. Uh, two are easy issues to fix. And Rachel, you can let me know if you would agree or any input you have from our audio engineers. First are plosives, specifically the P. Yep, you're nodding your head. Perfect. Um, those P plosives can be avoided just by having a better pot filter or by turning the mic off axis, which means instead of being perpendicular to you, it's just tilted a little bit away from you and that can help the, your air not hit the mic so hard and that P sound happen. Second issue that's easy to fix is uh, the sibilance. You can try DSing the file again or just a, again, touch of turning the mic off axis to prevent that. Would you agree, Rachel? Yeah, for me, when my students send me back, I always say once, you know, they've gotten through some training and they're starting to auditions, I always have them send me a little snippet, a sample so we can check mm -hmm. quality. And one thing I'll say about quality to me is sometimes you don't hear from your computer speakers the same thing that somebody hears remotely so mm -hmm. it's always a really good idea like you're just saying this gentleman who did a really lovely read I think I really did like his read he might not hear that from where he is so that's another thing to think about but an interface often is the that hissing sound um, I've had a number of students it's been they needed an interface to process their voice a little bit and smooth it out yeah definitely yeah because if anybody doesn't know a USB mic houses all the can components of uh, a studio microphone in the mic instead of in different components. And so by separating it out, you then can have more control and then decrease that hiss from happening. Hmm. Excellent news. Yeah. Yeah. So now onto his voice, which again, it was a can lovely I, Can read. I just real fast yeah, go back please, to a couple no. things there? Oh, yeah, so yeah, absolutely. Only because I, and this is why I really wanted to talk about this gentleman. There's a couple things in technique that you can do beyond your recording equipment um, that you talked about, you know, you moving your mic, tilting it slightly. The P's out of the side of the mouth with a you can soften them that that way in your technique, and then you don't have to deal with that when you go back to editing. Another thing is, is you can go when you're, if you do wind up with your piece popping, you can slightly lower them uh, a little bit in your recording. So then they're not coming off as um, loud. So those are just two things. And the other thing is with the S's, same thing when I, you know, these e-learnings, this is a huge thing with e-learnings beyond commercial because they are long. I've had 8,600 words in a day from Microsoft before. Um, it was a very long day, but we were on a crunch to get that done. Um, and those P's, those S's, when you're at the end of a sentence, instead of sentence, sentence, you just can shorten it just a little bit. And if you really hone in on your technique, 
your hour, because this is an hourly kind of a rate job when you're doing these e-learnings, your rate goes up because you're not spending all that time having to edit this stuff out. You're using your technique. So I just mm-hmm. wanted to kind of mention that a little bit, That's that there's some technique tip. things you can do. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I think that we need to move on to our third okay. audition. Great. How Perfect. about that? Up to now, you've learned how to identify workplace hazards and how to report them to your supervisor. In this module, we'll discuss the hierarchy of control measures that can be used to eliminate hazards from the workplace altogether. Ooh, Stephanie, what'd you think? Well, you know, when I'm listening, I, I, I liked his voice, but I was thinking, is this someone that I can listen to for a long time? And as you were just saying, like, this can be a marathon. There could be hours upon hours <laughs> of training. And, and unless someone has the cadence and a way of carrying themselves that makes you feel comfortable and you can kind of settle into hearing them speak to you, then it, it will be... Uh, more difficult to engage with the voice, to retain what it's saying, and to be convinced to that you need to do whatever it is that they are telling you to do. So uh, just for me, I thought, you know, this this could be a marathon and, and I need to hear, maybe these auditions are short and we don't have the benefit of hearing someone read a paragraph, let's say. But but my question would be is, can this voice and, and the way that it's being read right now, is that sustainable? I absolutely agree with you 100%. And the answer I would say is probably not. Um, So average rate of speaking is 150 words a minute. So e-learnings, you tend, unless you have a really young audience, you tend to want to keep it 125, 150, somewhere around that rate. And this is faster. So it's requiring the listener to listen uh, more quickly. And also, I hear no smile in this mm-hmm. voice, I liked the read. I thought it was a great read. But where's the relationship? Again, back to that relationship. There's an, a, He's very quick with what he's saying. Um, it's almost as if the words don't have the importance enough to have uh, enough fluidity to be told to the, the people that are listening. Mm-hmm. Does it almost feel like he's talking at you instead exactly. of with you? Yeah, yes. yeah totally. I felt and that, that as well. comes from if you can develop that relationship in your mind of who you're talking to. And I always look at it, this may sound crazy, but every e-learning from doctors to anything, how am I being helpful as a teacher? Because ultimately e-learning and all of that, you're helping somebody on the other end. And and even if you're authoritative, you still want to have, I think that that's what the, that connection makes people want to mm. listen to you. Yeah. So, I mean, you've done this for years. Can you help us understand how you build that relationship, how you make that connection? Some tips um, that you use? Well, for me, here's a, an, an example. I narrate a lot often for doctors. And I was given um, I, a script called Copic 101. Um, that's a script about insurance, right? That's a very dry, um, straightforward topic. And with no description, the same company also gave me a script called Low Apgar Scores. And I went and did some research and discovered, you know, babies that are born low Apgar scores, they can possibly die. So the tone of who I'm talking to then changes. This company hires me to do lots of narrations for their doctors. However, every script I get is the same me. It's the same voice speaking. But the tone and the way I deliver it in a relationship style depends on what the outcome is and what the story is, even though I'm not a big, I'm not telling a big story, I'm teaching what it is I'm trying to tell you. So that's where the relationship comes from. Because so there's not a disconnect where I'm, you know, shoving information down your throat. I'm mm-hmm. listening to what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. So the relationship is really based upon who that audience is. 100%. You really do need to understand who that person is so that you can direct the flow of the conversation to the in a meaningful way, you know, exactly. to build that relationship. Yes. Yeah. So we're saying do a little bit of research, 
or create the persona in your head when you're doing the audition if you can't do that research because you don't have enough info yet. Right. Create it. Cool. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Cool. All right. I think that sounds awesome. And then lastly, as well, um, there's a little bit of ref- reflection. I don't know if you've noticed that as well, Rachel, mm-hmm. reflection in this guy's recording. You can kind of hear like it could use some soundproofing. So either some heavy blankets on the wall or maybe the reflection is coming up from the desk that his microphone is sitting on. So just something soft covering the desk, covering the walls, mm-hmm. even a rug on the floor can make a huge difference dampening the sound. Yep. Okay. I agree. That's wonderful. So I think we're ready to hear our fourth audition. Up to now, you've learned how to identify workplace hazards and how to report them to your supervisor. In this module, we'll discuss the hierarchy of control measures that can be used to eliminate hazards from the workplace altogether. There was a definite smile in there. Yeah, you really hear like that? <laughs> yeah. And again, it's it like part of me is like, oh, that's so happy and so wonderful. But then part of me was also like, Am I listening to a commercial or, or like, you know, and, and I thought, oh, wow, she's going to have to keep that up for a long time. So um, how just kind of wondering here, Rachel, how can you maintain a very cheerful demeanor with your voice, but but not give it all away at once? Like, how can you kind of let that build over time or, or establish some kind of a an equilibrium so that we're not... Um, worrying that that she's going to have a sore face by the end of yeah. this recording. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. <laughs> Those poor cheeks. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Well, and this actually, and I'll answer that question. I just want to say it's a little intense for me. If I were working in a job and gathering this information, I might be a little bit. I loved this read. It was very enthusiastic. I would suggest for her to lay back a little bit in her paralinguistics and her cadence, the way that she's forming her words. The other thing is, for me, long term, I'm all about physicality which means uh, doing something to lift your physical body, moving your hands around, lifting uh, the back soft palate kind of area. Those kind of things can help to lift your voice so that you're not pushing the air through your vocal cords um, without some you know, support of your breathing and all that. That will really help her long time. And to plan paragraph by paragraph using her physicality will help her sustain longer. When you think about it, it makes so much sense. Just bring your arms up and it'll help your breathing and you don't have to then use that effort. Because <laughs> you don't want to go up to it. You know, yeah. you want to be, be within it. Then that's helpful. You know, It's just amazing the tips that you're giving. They, they, they're yeah. such common sense. But, you, you know, when you're first time going through something like this, it, you, don't, you don't know these things. And then right. you know them and you're like, where has this tip been all my life? Yeah. <laughs> and just to, to build on all of what you've just shared, Juliana and Rachel, the physicality. Like, we have to remember that as an actor and a voice actor or a singer or whatever you happen to be doing, your entire body is your your instrument. You 100%. have to be able to, you know, from your the top of your head to the, your toes, you've got your breath support, you've got the freedom and to move around. And um, there are a number of, of voice artists out there who could not breathe or live without moving their hands, you know, in a wild mm-hmm. way as they read. They would they would have no, I think it was a George DeHolio, he has said that if he didn't have use of his hands, he might not actually be able to do the voiceover work. So <laughs> yeah, it, it's kind of, it's interesting just how much we rely upon our voices to to embody and convey so much more information uh, than than one would ever think of. You know, when you're on camera, yeah. people can see you. There's that connection, um, the physical kind of way that you're moving around and in the setting, and everything is there. But with your voice, you have to create that for people. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, are there any tips that that you have that help to bring out that physicality for you? And, and when might it be too much? Um, well. It's too much 
when you're already up for this woman who read it would be too much for her to add this lifting along with what she's doing. She would need to lay back in her speech, um, which would take some of the pressure off of her and then lift her physicality. Mm -hmm. Um, And yes, some tips, you know. If you do study at all some uh, diaphragm breathing, you're able to push that air out. Um, you can you can lift. It's hard to describe this way, but you can lift on the top of your like lift your soft palate while you relax the rest of your body to create a laid back sound in the lower portion of your physicality, but still have energy and a small smile up in here. I know that's hard to describe if you can't see me, but that's that's a, a trick that I use a lot. So for example, if I were going to take this script, let me pull it up here, and read it a similar style that that last uh, audition was reading it, it was a bit like, up to now, you've learned how to identify workplace hazards and how to report them to your supervisor. In this module, we'll discuss the hierarchy of control measures that can be used to eliminate hazards from the work process altogether. So it's very animated. And the suggestion would be to relax your whole body. However, lift up in the area of kind of your soft palate. So you're a little bit more laid back, but still you have energy. It would be more like this. Up to now, you've learned how to identify workplace hazards and how to report them to your supervisor. In this module, we'll discuss the hierarchy of control measures that can be used to eliminate hazards from the work process altogether. So it's a it's a laid back attitude. And ladies and gentlemen, that's how it's done. <laughs> yeah, for real. That was awesome. Yeah, great oh. example. And oh, definitely thanks. you could I think we could all hear the difference between something that was just hitting the top end all the time mm-hmm. and not in a bad, bad way or anything, but but just in a way that wouldn't be able to be sustained or like for a listener or a performer. Mm-hmm. But I, I really do love how you you suggested and for anyone who is not a vocalist, you know, you didn't grow up singing, you don't know what your your soft palate is. Um it's just like inside your mouth. It's it's soft. It's not your hard palate. It's the other one. And so when you lift it, it's, it's almost like you can teach yourself how to do little exercises, right? Like it, you have to almost work it a bit. And then you're like, oh, that's where the soft palate is. Ah, that's what it sounds like when I stretch it, you know? So uh, it might be worthwhile to study just even a placement with a coach. Like, okay, well, you said use my soft palate. It's like, well, what does that mean? So um, just how important uh, for voice people in general is it Rachel that they understand how to control their tongue and the placement in within their their mouth well I think that that's the difference between a voice talent who has more range than a voice talent that would be more flat with the abilities of what you're able to do and I do think there's a level of ear development it's the relationship between your ear you probably know this between your ear and um your vocal cords and the placement of everything. Like, for example, if you wanted to narrate, when I did Old Navy, I was a teenager, like an 18-year-old teenager. Um, that's a totally different placement. And so I have that I have that understanding and relationship developed. So that's helpful. So I think it's important. I think you can still do the work. But if you really want to be great at what you do, having an understanding of that is extremely helpful. Yeah, just to build on that one quick question. So do you have kind of a mental like muscle memory of where those voices live? Like, let's say you're doing a teenage voice, you know that, oh, I put it up here. It's a bit above, you know, my the bridge of my nose or I, I shoot it out my eyes or like, is, how do you do that? Yes, exactly. That's exactly what I do. Yeah. Fabulous. No, that that's great. Okay, so we are now going to hear our last and final audition. Great. Uh, so let, let's let it roll. 
Up to now, you've learned how to identify workplace hazards and how to report them to your supervisor. In this module, we'll discuss the hierarchy of control measures that can be used to eliminate hazards from the work process altogether. Oh, to me that sounded like he just wanted to get this over with. It was really fast. I don't think I could have um, kept up with him. Um, but, you know, like he has a nice voice. It's, it's just trying to get that the rhythm there and to pace it. A little differently. What do you think, Rachel? I 100% agree. I think uh, there's also a bit of an announcer style here. Um, and that is fine for an announcer style read. More often than, than not, though, in e-learnings and that sort of things today, that's really not uh, in style. You know, voice acting does change with uh, the styles and the trends. So my suggestion would be, again, uh, to soften. And I don't mean soften the volume. I mean soften the um, attack on the words and understand who you're speaking to, kind of like we talked about before. Mm. Do you find in e-learning there is a certain style that's, that's hired a lot? These yeah. days? Um, well, I will tell you that this style, where you're talking like this, is much more out of style now than it <laughs> used to be. <laughs> so conversational, this key, this exactly the things that you all put in this script are the majority because it's relationships. That's the way things are. And so, yeah, that you're absolutely right. That's the style that's more in style. Yeah. Mm. Well, and if you just look at what the brief said, it said to be enthusiastic and I agree with Stephanie that I felt like he couldn't get through this fast enough and on to something else. Like You can tell this man has talent. Mm -hmm. He sounds, his vocal, it's rich. He sounds like he's been doing this for a long time. Mm -hmm. I really liked the second sentence. I think there were more pregnant pauses. He had inflection. It sounded like he cared, but the first one just turned me off. And from a client's point of view, they listen to hear the voice match what's in their head. So you have seconds mm -hmm. to give them their best work. And if you don't, they don't continue to listen on. So probably this client would have not listened to the rest of this talent's audition because it wasn't what they were asking for in the brief mm -hmm. right off the bat. Yeah, and, and just to uh, build on what you were saying, Juliana, um, how often would it be that uh, a talent should include a second read? Because obviously you've got one audio file for your audition. You could say, oh, I'm doing two reads. First one's like this, second one's like that. Uh, so he could have said, I'm reading in this style. And then I don't know, but, but it just seems like you like the second half, right? And so what if you never get to the second half and you can't hear that that richness and and the uh, the way he was able to communicate there? Uh, like, Is it ever a good idea, Rachel, that someone would include more than one read in their audition file? And if they do, how should they communicate? that in advance? Oh, I, I, I really wish I knew the answer to that question. I don't know. I tend to tell my students just to do one and try to follow the directions. And so you might know more than that. And when I do my auditions, I only send one. And the reason being is I've often been told in the directions, please only send one audition. So <laughs> I just assumed that's what the listener, I think they can tell pretty quickly and they really are not going to get to that second audition anyway but I, yeah. I, I'm not 100% certain but that's my best guess yeah from a site perspective if you want to do two takes you need to let the client know up front uh, by slating two takes mm -hmm. 10 seconds of your first read pause 10 seconds of your second read without that two takes at the beginning they won't know to listen all the way through hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, because okay. it, it used to be something that people did a lot. You know, in the past years, talent would try to get more than one read into the audition to, you know, oh, well, this is what else I can do, you know. Right. Um, but perhaps now, and we would have to start looking at this more deeply ourselves, is, is are people submitting more than one read anymore? Is that just something that was a trend before, right? right. Yeah. Uh, my gut feeling is that for uh, scripts that could use some interpretation like it's an animation or a commercial script where uh, a fresh take on it might be fun okay do it as your second take but if it's business or e-learning or medical narration there is no need for interpretation do it the way it was asked one take well, well, we've come to the end of all of our auditions, and I, I want to thank right now everyone who made it to this stage and did audition for this project. Uh, but we can only move ahead with one choice here. So, uh, you know, if you're in the, the seat of the client there, Rachel, and you had to pick a voice for your brand to narrate this e-learning module, who would it be? You know, I would probably go with voice one um, and provide some further direction as far as making it a little less robotic and monotone. Ooh, I like it. Let's listen one more time. Up to now, you've learned how to identify workplace hazards and how to report them to your supervisor. In this module, we'll discuss the hierarchy of control measures that can be used to eliminate hazards from the work process altogether. She had a lovely range. She was very approachable. She sounded age appropriate. Some of the other reads, I really did like some of the other reads. Um, but when you have issues with peas popping and that sort of thing, you can't, you just can't, can't use that. Or if it's too fast, it just eliminates it automatically. So my personal feeling would be number one. And with a little bit of coaching, you can, like what tips that we talked about in here, you can take that from good to great. And that would be an awesome voice. Yeah, absolutely. I also think that a good client, someone who's experienced, would be able to coach this talent to get there. Or you as a good talent now know these tips so that you can coach yourself to be that way. Self-identify. Yeah. Self-improve. Absolutely. So, Rachel, how can people get a hold of you if they'd like to learn more about what you do or how to study with you? Well, they can go to my website, rachelalena.com. Um, that's R-A-C-H-E-L-A-L-E-N-A. Or they can email me at info at rachelalena.com, um, I think it is. So they can get a hold of me that way. But the best thing to do is to go to my website because there's a form on there that you can fill out. And then what I like to do is get on the phone and chat and hear your voice and find out what your goals are um, so that we can go from there. Well, thank you so much for all the advice. Thank you, really, ladies, uh, happy for including to share. Me. Yeah, with everyone. What a blast. What a great thing to do. So much fun. Well, thank you so much, Rachel. And when someone listens to this episode, my hope is that they will be able to take at least one, two, three tips away that they can apply immediately to help them do a better audition the next time they walk up to the mic. Absolutely. So take a listen. Go sit in your studio. Put these tips into place. And happy auditioning, guys. <laughs>